Hi, friends. Welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word, wherever you are, and take away something to ponder. We live in a loud, busy world, and that can make it hard to find time to get into God's Word. So I'm grateful you've chosen to spend a few moments with me to ponder from brokenness to brilliance. This is episode 82. There's something about butterflies, isn't there? They are beauty in flight. Their array of colors, their lightness as if there isn't any gravity. Their graceful wings silently move as they flit around flowers, and our eyes are drawn to them. Unlike other flying things, we have no fear of butterflies. Instead, we often lean in trying to get a better look. But they didn't start that way. They began as caterpillars. They crawled on the ground, prey to birds and other predators, and many times they're not very pretty. Now, I'm not a scientist, but from what I do know, as a part of their life cycle, caterpillars eventually find the underside of a leaf and their outer shell becomes a cocoon. It forms around them. This is often called the chrysalis. Within that hard outer shell, the caterpillar literally becomes goo. It undergoes a complete transformation that we call metamorphosis. Once they are fully transformed, they emerge from their hard shell with wet wings, a new body, a lot less legs than what they went in with. And after their wings dry, I don't think butterflies sit on the leaf and say, hmm, I see the wings, but I'm just a caterpillar. No, they fly. They even have a new name being fully transformed into a new life. They aren't chained to who they were. They are free to fly in whom they have become. This is such a great metaphor for our lives. We have the image of something more within us. And when we enter the cocoon of transformation through Christ, which includes the acceptance of forgiveness, the renewing of our minds, reminding ourselves that we have his grace, and we begin to metamorphosize, if that's a word, that takes us from brokenness to brilliance. Basically, We have to move through the goo stage as we let go of the old. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says it like this, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. I titled this episode Unchained Grace because I have found that many people, like me, have found the wonder of God's forgiving grace, but they stay either in a perpetual cocoon chained to their past, unable to truly step into the transformed life God has for them, or they never come to realize that they can fly because they still see themselves as a caterpillar with wings. We need God to break the chain that continually holds condemnation and striving in front of us. Because there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, 
The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. I met Jesus when I was seven years old in vacation Bible school, and I've had the privilege of a Christian education. Learning God's word was actually a part of my education. In high school, I spent a summer as a missionary, sharing God's word in backyards to little children. And as I look back, I can see that that was a life-forming summer as I discovered how much I love to teach and share Jesus. After college, I had the wonder of teaching in a Christian school setting, and oh, how I loved it. The aha in the students as they learn new concept. Those moments of realizing they can do hard things. Seeing God at work, oh, it was such a sweet season. I was serving God, reading and teaching the Bible, and attending a church. Yet, as I entered my work in ministry, God began to reveal to me that there was more. As I faced new challenges, God was pushing me to discover more of Him and more of me. I've studied many different teachers in the world of spiritual formation because I'm fascinated by the wonder of this work of God within us. The teachers all use different words to describe the same process, yet the different metaphors have really helped me understand the wonder of this transforming work. The cocoon metaphor is one way. Pete Cazero uses the analogy of a wall Blackaby calls it a crisis of faith. It's the moment when we are challenged to step out, break through, and see the wonder of freedom on the other side of whatever it is. It requires acknowledging that the wall is there or that there is a crisis of faith and then leaning into his grace to confess, accept, or come to terms with whatever it is that has brought you there. I've seen many people camp by this wall or let a crisis of faith push them away from God and they never discover the wonder of getting to the other side. As you ponder your life, do you see any moments of breakthrough? Do you see places where you allowed crisis to deter you? Or have you camped? by a wall. I say all this because I know there are so many people who, like me, have sought to live a faithful life, yet haven't truly discovered the freedom Christ speaks of, the freedom that comes beyond forgiveness. I know forgiveness is just the beginning. Now, spiritual formation is learning to give more and more areas of our lives to Jesus by faith. Yet, how often do we think that once we receive Christ, then we have all that God has for us? It wasn't until my 40s that I faced a real crisis of identity and faith, and it forced me to start a deeper dive into myself with God. I know that Jesus said, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So I knew there had to be more than what I was experiencing. I had to spend time discovering more of how he made me and then push past limiting beliefs that I had just lived with, not realizing the hold they had on my life. 
I had been living with false beliefs about myself. And when I truly embraced his unchained grace, my heart felt that full impact of what it means to be free in Jesus. Now, I, I want to be clear. This isn't a destination. It's a part of a journey of discovery that I continue every day. So how can you discover your wings? Honestly, it often takes a crisis to wake us up. Or it might be that moment when you come to the end of yourself. It might be in a time of transition when you face redefining who you thought you were. It takes going into the cocoon, looking inward, facing yourself, and allowing the transforming work of Christ to break down the walls you may not even realize are there. You need his help to work through your hard spots and heal the wounded areas, expose any bitterness, and expand your sight. This takes honesty. It takes vulnerability. And we need this gooey stage. We have to break down and deal with hard things in ourselves and release the sin or confess, accept something or forgive someone and let his grace unchain us. Does it hurt? Sometimes. Is it hard? Yes. Is it worth it? Absolutely. It begins with a realization that the cross is final. Now, if you're someone that follows Jesus, you might think, duh, I know that. But do you honestly live into the finality of the cross? You might understand that there is no condemnation, no judgment. We are free from the power of sin in Jesus. Yet how many of us live a life of sin management? instead of life-living fullness. Now, it might sound like semantics, but when you think of yourself, do you say, I'm a sinner? Or do you say, I am a child of God who sins? Sin is not our identity, but it can act like it is until we come to understand the finality of the cross. Forgiveness of sin is not something you earn. It is something God in Christ has already done for you. Past, present, future, all forgiven. It's something you receive and it's final. That's how much he loves you. Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as a sacrifice for the people's sins. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand, and there he waits until his enemies are humbled 
and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Jesus died to pay the price for sin once and for all. Yes, but that's not the end of the story. The point of his story is that he rose. And what's the significance of the resurrection? Well, without the resurrection, there isn't life. Freedom. Christ made us right with God, freeing us from the penalty of sin, which is death. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. Yet then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. James Bryan Smith writes it this way, Justification frees us from the penalty of sin. Sanctification frees us from the power of sin. And glorification frees us from the presence of sin. As we are spiritually formed, sanctified, we discover our freedom from the power of sin. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Until you rest in the finality of the cross, a complete understanding that your sins are all forgiven, then you will never experience the full reality of the resurrection. Jesus died to reconcile us to God and we're forgiven. And this is the new life I mentioned earlier. Yet, how often do we try to manage our sin and continually walk in this cycle of managing it and strive to be like Jesus under our own power? You know, it's not about what we do for God. It's what he has already done for us. When we come to understand our true identity in Christ, one in whom Christ dwells, restored, loved, anointed, whole, the wall blocking our spiritual growth falls. Smith says it like this, It is the nature of Christ in me, the restored image of God in me, that is the secret to my maturity in Christ. See, once we realize how loved we are, it changes everything. John says it this way, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In this verse, the truth that he's speaking of is a who. It's Jesus. And a few verses later in John 8, 36, he says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Imagine. God is smiling at you. When he sees you, he sees one he loves, and that brings a smile. He takes our brokenness. He sees it. 
Yet he wants so badly to help us transform so that his brilliance within us shines through us to others. Earlier, I quoted from John 10.10, but the beginning of the verse says this, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Remember the one behind all the brokenness? Well, he would love to keep us chained to our past, to the things that we've done wrong, the things that have hurt us, keeping us in darkness. Shame and guilt love dark secrets, but they lose all their power in the healing light of Jesus and trusting relationships. I have seen the wonder of this over and over as others let people in to help them deal with their pain and just bringing it out into the light, it loses all of its power and it brings a release from the hiding and it allows God to shine his light into their darkness. When we are open to letting God create a new story, we begin to see his light breaking through the dark. And whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. This changing is our spiritual formation. It's the process of discipleship. It's discovery. Yet because of the way our world measures value, the way our work may define our worth, and the way relationships affect our hearts, we can find ourselves being swayed away from His light. So then we need to remember from Galatians that Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again into the slavery of the law. Now I have not fully unpacked all there is in the world of spiritual formation and the transforming work of Christ. That's longer than this one podcast, but we will dive into it more in my next episode. And to be clear, I don't claim to know all there is on this topic. As I said in the beginning, I can only fully share through what God has taught me, and through Him I have come to discover the wonder of the healing that happens at the pace of grace. God has taken my broken pieces, and although going through the hard process of going into the goo stage of the cocoon and allowing Him to work on my hard places and bring healing to some and call out some others and allow some confession, That brought such light. And when we can let go of those things and know we are forgiven forever, so walk forward in freedom. That's unchained grace. So until my next episode, I want to leave you with this verse from 2 Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Oh, dear one, you don't have to prove you are worthy of love. You are his child, loved, seen, known.
You don't have to earn it. It's already yours. So may the love of Jesus and the finality of the cross bring you freedom to live into his glorious light, allowing it to heal any broken spaces. You are free to live in his unchanged grace. Amen. If any of these verses or quotes resonated with you and you would like to ponder them further, you can find them listed in the pondering journal for this episode through my link in the show notes. You can also find this along with a full transcript of this episode on my website, betsymarvin.com podcast. Thank you for joining me.